This is BetQL Daily, presented by FanDuel with the Joes. Joe Ostrowski and Joe Giglio from BetQL. Joe Ostrowski with you today, and uh, one of our favorites is taking time to drop by. His name, Ed Egros, at Ed with Sports. You are listening to BetQL Daily Live on the BetQL Network. It's uh, it's that week in between, Ed, where it's fun, and I know tonight's a big night in Vegas historically because uh, places like the Superbook are going to drop all of their hundreds and hundreds of props, which will maybe eventually get to thousands. But um, it, it's in legalization, it's a fun time because there are sites like mm-hmm. Fando that we've been checking on a daily basis because more and more props, even Monday, the morning after championship Sunday, all sorts of Super Bowl specials available to bet on. Yeah, definitely. First off, uh, I'm sorry you look so lonely over there. Uh, hopefully, hopefully <laughs> really there, lonely in the first segment. Really lonely. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hope there's some way uh, that you uh, can can offer some uh, accompaniment uh, somewhere somehow. Uh, no, I. It is a, a wonderful time in large part because I feel like that every time you're refreshing your browser, there are always new new and interesting bets. And I also love the creativity as well, because I think for guys like you and me who love to go deep, deep, deep into the catacombs, I think it's really important that we're able to you know, find something right away and then pounce on it. Because what I love about the Super Bowl is, yeah, you look at the spread, you look at the total, they're insanely sharp. Even if there is movement, it's insanely sharp. But mm-hmm. it's those little things like last year is a great example for me. One of the things that did not get talked about very much that I think turned out to be significant in the Super Bowl was this idea of penalties. Kansas City was one of the more penalized teams in football a season ago. Tampa Bay was not. And I could easily envision a narrative where Tom Brady's getting all the calls and Pat Mahomes can't catch a break because he's going up against Tom Brady. Well, the data bore that out going into the game. And I know that the sports talk folks were were able to, to chomp at the bit as far as a potential narrative that was going to come out of that Super Bowl. And sure enough, that's exactly what happened. Kansas City was called for many more penalties, and you could bet on that. And so this is a wonderful time where, yeah, it's two weeks and, yeah, it gets you know a little tiresome talking about the same game over and over again. But as you hit the refresh on the browser, all of a sudden you see mm-hmm. things that feature inefficient markets. And that's that's my time to shine, baby. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah, it's going to be a fun weekend really diving yeah. into all of these uh, when we have plenty of time. I'm, I'm not sick of talking about this matchup yet. And I want to hear mm-hmm. about some of these props that have grabbed your eye that, that you have pounced on or you plan on pouncing. Maybe you're uh, shopping for the best number always. Uh, that That's always great right now, especially with legalization. But let's talk about what we saw with the point spread. And again, if you don't like it, it's a sharp number, as I just mentioned. You don't have to bet it. That's the beautiful thing. Um, mm-hmm. But we get three and a half posted at most spots. That lasted, oh, a couple of minutes. And before, <laughs> before, yeah, I mean, there were some that were holding out. I think I think Fandle was actually holding out with three and a half much longer than everybody else. Then they went to four and then most places went to four and a half. And it seems like that's the consensus right now. Did the the move on the Rams by many of the sharper betters jumping on the Rams immediately? Did that make sense to you? It did to an extent. And I, I have two thoughts to this. Number one, 
I do think that home field advantage is going to be a difficult thing to analyze in a game like this, in large part because I, I think it's something that I've noticed on the collegiate level, where as college tickets get more expensive, fans seem to be a little less boisterous. And does that matter in the grand scheme of things when you're talking about, you know, officiating bias, it, you know, a, a unconscious bias by officiating, not saying that they're trying to throw games or anything crazy like that, but there, there's that unconscious bias by officiating by being at home. That's something to worry about. Uh, is there something with circadian rhythms or anything random like that, 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 that could matter in, in a game like this? Well, the Bengals are flying in a good bit sooner. This is interesting to me because are all of the home field advantage elements controlled in a game like this when tickets are really, really expensive? It is very much a corporate event, the Super Bowl is, and that Cincinnati has so much more time to prep for a game like this, fly out sooner, all that good stuff. There's also not the grind of it being, you know, in between really tough games or something like that. So how do you quantify home field advantage for a game like this? It seems to me like people originally thought it wasn't a big deal, but then they started coming around to sort of the, the intrinsic idea that maybe there's something to it. Now, obviously a lot of sharp betters are just playing numbers and that's fine. But I do wonder as far as the general public is concerned, how home field advantage matters. And to me, I think it does a little bit. Is it, does it go all the way up to two and a half? I'm not sure. But you look at the season, home field advantage is mad. And I think that matters. I think two is this idea of closing line value that absolutely has not existed at all uh, in the NFL this season. In fact, oftentimes, you know, things are going in the opposite direction where you think you have closing line value and it turns out you bet the wrong side. And is that going to happen here? I am one of those who wants to see if it is at all possible for this to move to minus five. If it does, I'm going Cincinnati's side. Right now, I'm leaning L.A. But at plus five, I think Cincinnati has a ton of value because Super Bowls tend to be close. And especially mm -hmm. when you have two competent quarterbacks, you're going to see a higher scoring game. You know, total's not that high at 48 and a half, and I know it's moved down a little bit from the beginning. But still, though, two competent quarterbacks – where two-minute drills are quite efficient for both teams with hotshot receivers on both sides going back and forth where you have to counter what a quarterback has done in the early going, I could definitely see this game being close. I want to wait until in case it's five so that I can bank on Cincinnati so I can keep that key number of three. In cases five, yeah, that's what I've been going back and forth with in my head. Is this going to get to five? I'm not sure because the mm -hmm. peak is probably four and a half or five. And I'm guessing that a lot of the public is going to come in. And this is one of the few events of the entire sports calendar when the public has say it, it can move markets. And they're going to see Joe Burrow getting more than a field goal. And I, I think the public is going to check in on Cincinnati. Uh, any other thoughts on that? And plus the total comes down. That made a lot of sense. I, I thought that seemed yeah. quite high opening at 50. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it does. I mean, I still like the over in a game like this, but yeah. I, I also understand it moving down. And again, that may be where sort of the CLV, you know, is a mirage there. And, you know, it may not necessarily be the spread. It may be the total going down and you really should have been betting it up. But as far as, uh, you know, the spread is concerned, this is you're absolutely right the public can overwhelm sharps it can happen especially with more states legalizing betting i mean louisiana just just got online on friday and you've got a lot of crazy cajuns who love to bet <laughs> on sports 
for yeah. instance, uh, New York, this is its first Super Bowl uh, where they can bet online. Wow. The public can very well overwhelm sharps. I don't, you know, I'm, I'm curious in general, are there more sharps that exist because these states are, are you know, coming online uh, or can you cultivate sharps, you know, sort of, you know, breed them, produce them, you know, whatever. Uh, or is it something where it's not proportional? The public is going to overwhelm this particular market and CLV is not really much of a conversation that we should really look into at all. Uh, this is BetQL Daily. Joe Ostrowski with you, our weekly guest here at Egros, at Ed with Sports. You see him, TVG, FanDuel, Valley Sports West, NBC Sports Edge, busy man all over the place. All right. You teased us a few moments ago about some of the numbers that you saw on prop bets that uh, you said, oh, boy, I've got to pounce. I've got to pounce on some of these inefficiencies in the market. Do you care to share? Yes, the first one that I absolutely, absolutely love is Joe Burrow over 10 and a half rushing yards. To me, for Joe Burrow to beat the Rams or at least keep this game interesting, and he doesn't do this very much. In fact, I think uh, Cincinnati has one of the lower rates of this in football, but designed rollouts, I think, will be something that can nullify an elite Rams interior. Go to the outside and try to make a play down the sideline with some kind of an out route or something like that. It, while you are out there, if something doesn't exist, well, you might as well take off. Joe Burrow certainly has the athleticism for that. One of the things that I uh, looked up yesterday was uh, Joe Burrow's national championship run at LSU. Now, granted, LSU was willing to run Joe Burrow a good bit more than, say, the Bengals do. Uh, but this is a Super Bowl. If Joe Burrow needs to rush for 100 yards, and he's going to rush for 100 yards. You know, you've you got to do it there. But the one game where LSU was on upset alert that season was against Auburn. And Auburn had a phenomenal defense that year. And Joe Burrow rushed for more than 30 yards in that particular contest. And so if Zach Taylor is willing to, to throw Burrow out there in harm's way, then yeah, absolutely Burrow can rush for more than 11 yards. There's no doubt about his ability to do that. The question is, are they going to? And I trust Zach Taylor in a situation like this to be able to look at what the Rams are trying to do schematically with the two high safeties, probably keeping guys a little bit back a little bit, trying to get Aaron Donald and Von Miller to do their thing. Meanwhile, Joe Burrow rushes on the outside Heck, he might hit that prop in two plays. Anything? Was there anything else as far as game uh, that that really popped to you? Uh, as far as game or player or yeah, just just anything anything on the board? Um, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll bring this up to you. I want to get your thoughts on this? Okay, sure. Do you, do you put anything into uh, recent play? So I, I started looking at the prop of will either team score a touchdown on their opening drive. And uh, the numbers, if you look at DVOA stuff, you've seen the struggles offensively with Cincinnati throughout the entire season. And I looked at the last nine games, eight of them, they did not score a touchdown on their opening drive. And then on the Rams side, oh, I'm like, oh, it's going to tell a different story with them on the script. Not so much. Uh, 11 of their last 12 games, they have not scored a touchdown on their opening drive. And the juice wasn't too much for a no. Do, do you look at... Uh, something like that. I know it's trendy, but but hey, both offenses are on the script here, and 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 it happened again in the Bengals game, even though mm -hmm. they won the AFC Championship, where they have that slow start. Yeah, definitely. I I do feel like that in a Super Bowl, and perhaps you know it's the highlight reel of Super Bowls that sort of cloud our judgment here. 
But I do feel like in this particular instance that, you know, I don't like succumbing to recency bias in general. I, mm-hmm. I try to forget about the last game as much as possible and try and bake it into everything else that I'm looking at. But in a situation like the Super Bowl, sometimes you may want to break out your your creativity in the early going. I would not be surprised if the Bengals want to try and do something offensively to force the Rams to play a lot more nickel and a lot more dime as well, because then I feel like that Joe Burrow can be a good bit more comfortable, uh, whether it is taking off or doing short throws to his tight ends or to Joe Mixon or something like that. By the way, another player probably like Joe Mixon over receiving yards. That's another one that, that I'm really fond of. But, you know, if you can force the Rams to play more defensive backs uh, and sort of give yourself a little bit more room to operate as far as the short throws are concerned, Joe Burrow can certainly play that game, no doubt about it. But if you can, you know, blow the top off the defense once or twice in the early going, then all of a sudden the Rams are the ones doing all of the adjusting. I do not feel like that this is a game where the Bengals can come from behind from a a massive deficit and then Mm -hmm. win like they did against the Chiefs. This is probably a game where I can see them wanting to get the lead early and then make necessary adjustments to, you know, kind of hang on, so to speak. You you would think everything you said there is true. Whatever you've saved in your entire coaching career, you throw it all out there for this moment because you don't know if you're ever going to return, but – Zach Taylor mm-hmm. is still the head coach slash play caller of the Cincinnati Bengals. <laughs> I, I, who was yeah. on the hot seat earlier this oh year. Oh, my gosh. A win total of five and a half, some four and a half mm-hmm. before the season started. Um, amazing. Absolutely amazing. Is there another market, not necessarily asking if you have a bet on it right now, that, mm-hmm. that you always seem to bet that you gravitate towards when it comes to the Super Bowl, even if we're talking entertainment novelty stuff? Anything else that, uh, that you have fun watching? You know, I've been curious about this, and I I feel like this is something that you brought up, uh, you know, a time or two, but does anyone ever bet the under national anthem? I'm going to. (laughs) Okay, because it always feels like, you know, over tends to win, and that's fine. But does anyone ever have the gumption to say, you know what, I'm going under on the national anthem. That's the way to do it here. Uh, and, And you can point to a variety of things. Um, You know, as far as the entertainment side of things, because it feels so random, I'm not the most comfortable because you're looking at historical trends and how reliable are they as far as this specific incident. I've always wondered in terms of like Gatorade color, uh, are you trying (laughs) to match the team colors? Because I feel like that's the right way to do it uh, from a PR perspective, but that doesn't happen very often. I mean, you see orange and purple uh, from red and blue teams all the time. Uh, So whatever. I, I would figure PR directors will be a little bit more, uh, you know, apt to, to look at those specific things. But, you know, what do I know? It's on the entertainment side. I, I do wonder, like, who's going to bet under a national anthem? You know, halftime shows can be interesting. Uh, but for the most part, what was it like? I saw you know something a few years ago, like what would Troy Aikman's tie pattern be or something like that? Or Tony Romo's tie pattern or whatever it is. And I'm right. Like, is someone on the inside uh, looking through his closet and saying, okay, this is the best tie for the CBSI? I don't know. <laughs> Very good. I like that. Uh, how, how many times is Giselle going to be shown? Like, how many times is this right. or that word going to be said? It's fun. Uh, I can't wait to talk to you next week, and hopefully we can check in a couple of times as we get ready for the Super Bowl, Ed. Yeah, definitely. Looking forward to it. Uh, that's Ed Egros at Ed with Sports on Twitter. Give him a follow. 
follow there. All right, coming up next, we're going to take a dive into the Olympics and we'll wrap with lightning bets. BetQL Daily with Joe Ostrowski, presented by FanDuel Sportsbook.